How is success measured in sneakers? We're going to get into that this week on Fire Footwear. Welcome back to Fire Footwear, everybody. As always, this is your host, Matt Freights, the Iceman. I hope that this finds you well, and I hope that you are coming here with a clear mind heading into a new month. As we turn over the calendar to March, we already are thinking to ourselves, how the hell is it March already? Two months have gone by. I hope that you have enjoyed what I brought to you this year in 2024. So let's get into the episode. At the top, I asked you about success in sneakers. And it's something that I have been thinking about because as I'm consuming other podcasts and listening to other sneaker personalities talk, you hear a lot of debate. And this is not just recently. This has been over the past year, maybe even two years since resale has gone down. People have been asking whether the sneaker market is dead and have been debating what does it mean to be successful in sneakers or if a company has been successful in sneakers. And when I started thinking about it, I realized that the myriad of opinions that are going around about how these brands are doing, that it's a lot more nuanced than just the black and white answer or black and white question of whether something is doing well or not doing well. I think that there are many factors, and I think that there are factors that we all haven't considered that I want to discuss here. I think that this breaks down into two different categories. I think that there is the consumer and there is the corporation. And maybe you could say that for a lot of different products, But in this particular case, we have the corporations who are making the products and we, the sneaker consumers, are going out and buying these products. And that's really how it works on a general level. That's how any type of economics works. So any type of supply and demand works. And so for this to be even a topic of discussion, we have to have these two things. But if you look at these, I think that one is more complex than the other. And let's take a look at the more complex of the two, and that's the consumer. The consumer is really broken down into, again, a myriad of things or a myriad of topics. And when I look at it, this is how I think of it. I think that you have your tier of social media, your podcasts, your YouTubes, or any type of sneaker content. And I lump social media into that category because a lot of people use social media, this podcast included, to hype their show and to hype clips and things like that. There's also the court of public opinion. Now, this one, in my opinion, is the most subjective and is the most controversial. And then there's what I call the boots on the ground. And let's get into each of these. So let's get into social media or sneaker content. We've talked about social media before. We've talked about complex. We've talked about sneaker content before. This isn't something that is foreign to this podcast. But if you look inside this, there's a lot of factors. There's on-feet pics. You see celebrities wearing said shoes. You have early looks, reviews, rep reviews. Sneaker personalities and influencers giving their opinions. The traction shoes and shoe opinions are getting on podcasts and YouTube channels. Now, this is multifaceted. There's a lot of things happening here. On-feet picks is something that is basic to the culture. It's something we expect. I know, having talked to other sneaker podcasters before, that there are a lot of people who listen to their show or watch their YouTube channel who complain that they don't post enough sneaker picks on their Instagram or on their Twitter or what have you. Celebrities do this a lot. And honestly, a lot of the bigger sneaker content makers are doing this as well. And I mean that they are highlighting when a celebrity is wearing a shoe. I made an Instagram story a couple of days ago. I think it was Fat Joe and how he had one of one pair of Louis Vuitton, whatever it was. And I asked people, do you actually care about this? Because when I look at something like that, I don't care. I don't care if a celebrity has a shoe or a one of one or what have you. If it's not something that I can get, I don't really care about it and I don't really care about the people who have it. 
but it's something you see a lot on podcasts and YouTube. And honestly, Complex traffics in this a lot. Nice Kicks does. There's a lot of sneaker content that traffics in things like this. Reviews and rep reviews. I think these go hand in hand because while you have a lot of people who are reviewing retails, thinking about your Seth Fowlers, your Fulmer Simpsons, your wear testers, there are 10 times as many people who are reviewing reps of these. And I said last episode that one way you can tell if a shoe is a classic is whether it's been remastered or whether it's been imitated or faked. And so rep reviews represent to me whether something is successful and it's part of the whole social media and content thing. Even if you don't rock with reps, people who are reviewing it, if there are enough of them, it kind of speaks to a level of success. Sneaker personalities and influencers giving their opinions. And this is where it comes down to subjectivity. And this is where it kind of goes into the next part of it, which is the court of public opinion. Sneaker personalities and influencers are important to the culture. They're important to just about any marketplace that you can think of, but they are limited in what they are telling you in the fact that they have their own agenda. You could lump this show into that. My only agenda here is to make entertaining content. I do not have sponsors. I don't have people who are right behind me making sure that I don't piss off a certain person. But let's take Complex, for example. And again, just because I'm using them as an example does not mean that I am throwing shade or throwing hate at them. But they obviously traffic in a lot of different people's opinions. And they are people who have been in the culture a very long time. When I made the episode about Complex and how they were being sold, I talked about the fact that when they did Sneaker of the Year, they had a lot of older opinions. And the younger people in this culture were really upset about the fact that there wasn't a younger perspective that was being added to that discussion. And that's where I think this comes into sneaker personalities and influencers. You always have to be careful about who you are getting your opinions from and always make sure that you are getting diverse opinions. One of the things that I love about the people who have connected with me vis-a-vis -vis this show are they say, you're not the only sneaker podcaster that I'm listening to. I listen to a lot of them because I get educated in one way or another by all of the other shows that I listen to. And I think that that's very, very important. And we also talk about traction that shoes and shoe opinions are getting on podcasts and YouTube channels. And this is all lumped into one. And this is where you see things that get aggregated, opinions that get aggregated. And even people like Trollmageddon, who I happen to like a lot, I happen to like his content a lot, he takes things that people say in social media and he puts them out and makes content out of them. That's really how content works. I don't fault him for doing that at all. As a matter of fact, I find his videos to be quality. I find them funny. And I think that they are what people should strive for in making their content. It should be entertaining. It should be authentic. And you should have a purpose. And I think that that's 100% awesome. That's what I try and do with this show. I fail sometimes. I succeed sometimes. It is what it is. But all of these things lumped into podcasts, YouTube, sneaker content, all have something to do with the consumer because very, very rarely are the companies actually participating in this in a way that's trying to influence you. Yes, they're advertising and marketing, but it's not really at the grassroots level of what sneaker content is all about. When Nike makes a reel or Nike makes a video, they have so much production behind it, so much marketing budget behind it. I don't have that. Chris from Wear Testers doesn't have that. Trollmageddon doesn't have that. We're all doing this within the confines of what our budgets are based off of family life and based off of other financial obligations that we have. And so when Nike makes it, there is a different purpose. They're making it because they want to drive sales, and that falls into the corporation part of it. But everybody else falls into the sneaker content game, and that is 100% driving the consumer element of this. I mentioned the court of public opinion. Now, the court of public opinion is something very, very popular in this world today. Nowadays, whenever you hear a headline or any type of allegation, the court of public opinion 
no matter what happens in actual court, is going to make a ruling one way or the other. And that happens in sneakers all the time. And I think of this as the dreaded comment section. Now, a lot of these social media accounts that I talked about a little bit earlier, let's take Sneaker News, Sneaker Bar Detroit, Complex, whenever they put out pictures or early looks of a shoe or on-feet pictures of a shoe, all you need to do is go to the comment section to find out what people are saying. And the court of public opinion makes its opinion knows very, very concretely. I think that that's very important to understand here. But just because what you see in the comment section is concrete, it doesn't necessarily mean that it translates to something else. But then you also have what I consider real sneakerhead opinions. When I talked about sneaker content and I tried to make the delineation of Nike making content versus let's take Chris from Wear Testers making content, Whenever I watch Chris, and one of the things I love about him the most is the authenticity and the real love that he has for sneakers and the game. And every once in a while, he will get a little bit upset about how the culture has changed in one way or the other because he remembers and has been in the game so long and from really the purest standpoint that it upsets him to see how much things have changed in a negative way. This is what I consider a real sneakerhead opinion. People who have been in the game a very long time, your OGs, people who have been outside, as Greg from Sneakdisc likes to say, those people, I think, have a different opinion than just the comment section. Because the comment section represents real people, and it also represents people who are there just to troll and just to gaslight other people. It doesn't necessarily represent reality. But when you have one-on-one -on -one conversations with people, when you have small groups where sneakerheads are getting together and talking about these shoes and being real, that's a real sneakerhead opinion. And that is a big element to the court of public opinion. I think that that is the most important part of it. And while the comment section does give you a general feel, real conversations from real sneakerheads, I think, are what are really important when it comes to opinion. And this leads to the boots on the ground. And what that means is are all of the above, all the things that we've mentioned, translating to people wearing these shoes? Now, this is twofold because you have lifestyle sneakers and you have performance sneakers. Not all the time are we going to see the lifestyle sneakers that we mostly traffic in being worn out. I said a couple episodes ago that I saw a pair of Travis Scott's being worn in the wild. I've never seen one like that before. And so it's hard to gauge whether a sneaker or sneaker companies are successful just based off of what you see when it comes to the lifestyle elements of it. Again, if you live in a city or an area of the country or the world that has more of a sneaker culture presence, you might see more of this. But I think really when it comes down to boots on the ground, we're talking about performance. And really the main driver of this whole episode has to do with people's opinions about, let's say Nike basketball versus Adidas basketball. What makes them successful? And I think this is more applicable with performance shoes because there are cascading levels of sports. Every level of sports can wear lifestyle shoes. Anybody of any age can wear a lifestyle shoe. And so just because you see a lot of them worn out doesn't necessarily make it successful, but I think it is a good indicator. But when it comes to sportswear, you could see people at a pro level wearing a certain shoe, but they all have sponsorships. And then you get down to the college level. And now with NIL, name, image, and likeness, you have a lot more sponsorships there. So you're gonna see a lot more of these athletes wearing shoes that they're contractually obligated to wear. Then you get down into high school. And that's where you get a little bit more of an idea about what is popular right now with younger people. Because when you're in high school, you're young, you're impressionable, and you want to wear what you like or what you think is cool in that moment. And then you go down even lower, all the way down to the youth level. What are those kids wearing? Because that means this is what the parents are buying them. And sometimes what parents buy their kids are what's most accessible, what's most affordable, 
because a lot of times your kids are going to wear through things so fast, you don't know if they're going to stick with this hobby. And so there's a lot of factors that go into it. But you want to look at boots on the ground, especially with performance wear, because if you're seeing a lot of people wearing a certain shoe, that does indicate that it is successful. It doesn't have to be hyped to be successful. It just has to be worn. And this is where you look at boots on the ground. How far down does the brand loyalty go? There are people, let's say parents out there, who are Nike people, Adidas people. And that means their kids are Nike people. That means their kids are Adidas people or they're Kevin Durant people or LeBron people. You get the whole point. There is a loyalty that goes into what we buy and what we consume. And that 100% goes into sneakers as well. This all really falls into the consumer. And I think the consumer has a lot more to do than the corporation when it comes to gauging whether sneakers are successful. However, if we're talking about sneaker companies being successful, all the consumer stuff goes into that, of course. But when it comes down to the corporation, there's really only two factors. There's a perception of what is selling and sitting. This is kind of connected to public opinion. This goes into projected stock and pairs actually sold. And remember when we talked about the reimagined Jordan 1 Royals, the projected stock was huge. The pairs sold seemed to be low. Did that make it a bomb? Did that make it successful? Who knows? And how long does it take for a shoe to sell out is a lot of what people will gauge. And I think even the sneaker companies may look at it as well, because if something sells out in seconds, well, obviously there was high demand for that. It could also be that we didn't make a lot. So maybe we didn't meet or even come close to meeting the actual demand. And I think from the sneaker company's perspective is how often are they retroing a shoe? Because the more times that they are retroing a shoe, it means that there is demand for it. And I think the Jordan 1 is a perfect example. We keep seeing retros upon retros and not even just OG colorways, but just retros in general. And people seem to be buying them. Now that's going down a little bit. So maybe Nike's looking at that. But honestly, when it comes to the corporation, when we're gauging success and how these corporations gauge success from themselves, it has nothing to do with their hearing, nothing to do with the chatter in the court of public opinion, nothing to do with social media. It has to do with one thing, and that is their financial bottom line. Money talks, people. We all know this. And how do we do our best talking? We do it with our wallets. When it comes to consumer behavior, what we buy and how we choose to spend our money is telling these companies what they need to know. For these companies and for these corporations, this is the only measure that matters. And so no matter what social media entity has an opinion, no matter what real sneakerhead has an opinion, and no matter what I say on this podcast, Nike, Adidas, Puma, it doesn't matter. What their bottom line shows is what's really important. And I think New Balance is a great example of how they are sort of teetering the line of both. You're seeing people wearing their shoes. You're seeing collaborations. You're seeing fast sellouts. And what you're also seeing on a year-to-year -year basis is their revenue and profits from these shoes going up and up and up and up. And I'm going to tell you, that's all that New Balance cares about. That's all that Nike cares about. And that is the true defining characteristic of success. How much money are they making? And that's all that matters. So all of these things fall into how we as the consumer or the person define success, but the companies, all they care about is that bag. Release of the week, where I like to highlight a shoe that catches my eye. It's not always hype. This week, it's not. It's just a shoe that I want you to know about. So we're going to take things back in time. 
We're flipping over the calendar to March, and that means it is one of my favorite times of the year, and it is March Madness time. When it comes to the first and second round of March Madness, I'm going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina at the end of this month with Coach, who is my co-host on Iceman and Coach, and we are going to be taking in six NCAA games. And so I thought, turning over the calendar, let's highlight a basketball performance shoe, and that is the Nike GT Zoom Hustle EST72. This is a vintage-looking shoe, white, green, orange vibes, classic Nike logo on the tongue, just a classic look in general, a very retro look, and I don't mean vintage, I mean retro. This thing would fit in with your green Letterman jacket from way back in the day. It looks mint, and this is speaking to a different era. It's a hoop shoe, no doubt, but why can't you also look good while hooping? I think that young people today want the best of both worlds. They want to look great while also scoring a lot, and this gets the job done. It releases on March 1st, which is the day this episode comes out for a retail price of $170. So if you're listening to this, you're a hooper, and you want to have a vintage hoop shoe that gets the job done performance-wise, this is the shoe for you. So when it comes to defining success, what do you think about the criteria that I laid out, and what are some factors that you personally put into how you decide whether a sneaker or a sneaker company is successful? Get in touch with the show. At Fire Footwear Pod on Instagram is the handle. Facebook, Fire Footwear, a sneaker podcast is what you would search. TikTok, at Fire Footwear Pod is the handle to see some reels and content that I put out there. If you're listening in audio and you want to watch on YouTube, Fire Footwear, a sneaker podcast with Matty Ice is what you would search. We somehow miraculously just went over a thousand subscribers. It is absolutely insane. A big thank you to everybody for that. And if you want to support the Matty Ice Media Network, mattyicemedia.com for all the other podcasts that we have. And if you want to give me your sneaker opinions, email the show, firefootwearpod at gmail.com. I hope this finds you well, fam, and I hope this finds you safe. And I will see you all next time. This is Fire Footwear. and viewpoints expressed on Fire Footwear are those of Matt Freights and his guests and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. Fire Footwear is exclusively owned by Matt Freights and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.